You are listening to the Curious City Podcast from WBEZ Chicago. Hey everybody, Jennifer Brandel here with the latest Curious City podcast. Each Curious City episode will bring you a different investigation. Sometimes we'll feature radio stories and conversations that aired already on WBEZ, and sometimes we'll include inside material you can't hear anywhere else. You can also find Curious City live on the WBEZ airwaves every Wednesday on the afternoon shift, and that airs from 2 to 4 p.m. Usually we're on a little after 3, but, you know, some weeks are different. So this week... Thanksgiving is on Thursday, and so is a very important Chicago anniversary. It's the 125th anniversary of the 16-inch softball and the game that made it famous. So a few weeks back, we were on the afternoon shift with Rick Kogan and Cheryl Ray Stout to answer a listener's question about what's the deal with those ginormous softballs. In honor of the precipitous anniversary this week, here is our segment about 16-inch softball. This guy may be a baggage handler. He may work in a factory eight hours a day. And he still will squeeze 150 games a summer in. Every day after work he will play. Because he loves it. He loves it. He loves that moment when the bat hits the ball and he gets that fast jump in center field and he's moving. And he leaps up and makes that over-the-shoulder catch. I mean, that's it. It's the fun. It's the fun of the game. may not recognize the voice, but you certainly recognize the passion. This is Rick Kogan on WBZ's Afternoon Shift, and that was the voice of Mike Royko, a waxing poetic in the back of the Billy Goat Tavern one night after a game with uh, myself and a number of other players there. Uh, my favorite time of the week, not just on this radio show, but my favorite time of the week in general is the check-in with Curious City. It's this project that Stories start with your questions about Chicago and this region. Joining me today is the project's producer, as usual, Jennifer Brandell, and WB sports blogger Cheryl Ray Stout, and she and I before the show were just talking about <laughs> old Chicago neighborhoods. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. Thank you. Nice to see you. Uh, Jen, how'd this come about? Oh, this was a great question. We had a sports round a few weeks back, and we had three different questions in there. And this one that Derek Stiles asked us won by a single vote. So this was uh, some, uh, you know, a very exciting voting round. And I think we have Derek on the phone with us here. Is that Derek, right? Derek, are you proud? I, I am very proud. <laughs> what was what exactly was your question? Uh, I, I believe it was something like, what is the deal with the ginormous softballs? Oh, uh, you're not from Chicago, are you? No. Yeah, you <laughs> just not. saw a ginormous softball and wanted to know what it was. <laughs> you say, what happened? That's some genetic mutation of a ball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where did you see, where did you see this giant softball? Um, I, I saw some people playing in um, a park in, over in, uh, near Wrightwood in Ashland. Um, <sighs> Well, now you were you were about to you were about to be thrilled, and my hope for you is next spring you get out there and play with one of those yes. ginormous <laughs> softballs. Jen, what did you guys find out, Cheryl? Jen, well, 
Yeah, well, first and foremost, just to define our terms, we're talking about the ginormous 16-inch softballs, which for people who haven't you know, been around Chicago or seen Chicago softball played, it's about the size of a cantaloupe. So it's not the usual 12-inchers. And um, we thought the perfect person for this story would be Cheryl Ray Stout. Now, little did we know, aside from her just general sports knowledge, she has a deep line of <laughs> softball playing history in her family. Yeah, no, myself, I was a softball player. I grew up in the Austin what neighborhood. position? I played second, mostly caught, and did some pitching, but second was my spot where I was an all-star. Second was my spot, too, Cheryl. So we share that no, among many no things. Kindred spirits. <laughs> um, and then, then later on, uh, in the 80s, I played in the Chicago Theater League. Nice. And that, I played with men. So that was really, you know, that was tough. I was well, a real I, tough player. I do have to say, both of you, that WBZ won the Media League Championship thanks to some of these people out here. I will really, say, I was who, the pitcher. Really? Yeah. You're the only one I've met on the team so far who mm-hmm. looks anything like an athlete. But that, that's beside the point. That's beside the point. This must have then been just a blast for you, Cheryl. Well, the other aspect of it is my in-laws are deeply involved. My, uh, two of them are in the Hall of Fame. My father-in-law as the team photographer and my brother-in-law as a player was one of the best players during the 80s and, and, and on for 20 years. So it was really, I, I never thought about the ball itself because it was always in our house. We always had the bat. We always had the ball. We just played. So I never thought about, I never thought that they played anything but 16-inch softball. It must have been a joy for you then to go out and talk to some of these people as you did. Let's, let's give a listen to some of the guys you talked to. <laughs> Oh, 16 inch softball was as big a part of my life as my family and my kids and my wife. You know, it's guys that know each other, that have been competing for years, they know the umpires. This was a Chicago game through and through. It's, it's a pretty big deal. Well, as kids, we grew up playing it every day. It's part of our life, it's part of our blood. Guys that grew up in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, that's what we did. You take that ball anywhere else, uh, throughout the country and they look at it and they say, what, that's a melon, how do you guys play with that ball? I coined the term, uh, no gloves, never had them, never will, because that's the way 16 inch softball is supposed to be played. You want your son to play uh, 16 inch softball, you want your daughter to participate in the, the women's and co-ed leagues, and so it's, it's significant because it keeps on passing the torch from one generation to the other. I just hope that uh, it continues and uh, the youth pick up the game. Those were some gentlemen I saw at a golf outing for the Hall of Fame. It was Mike uh, Caputo, Larry Picard, Stan Paddock, John Mitchell, and Dave Novak. They're all former players, and some were former umpires. They're all in the Hall of Fame, which is really happening. It's a real institution. They bought a building for one dollar in Forest Park, which is right next to the pristine fields that they have there where the championships are played. Uh, and they have a, a little inductee ball uh, area where they have the plaques of all the players and coaches and umps, women, media, they're all in the Hall of Fame. So I thought, what's the best way to have Derek learn a little bit about it? You took Derek with you? I had Derek meet me there. And so we went to Forest Park, and we met there, and we saw the facility. It's, It's almost complete on the outside. And I had to go get a softball because if Derek hasn't had a softball in his hand, how will he know how to even hold it? All right, Derek, what did that feel like for you? Uh, big in my hand, <laughs> and very light. I was surprised at how light how light it was too for for its for its size. Uh, you you must have been pretty stunned that there's even a 16 inch softball Hall of Fame here, huh? 
I, I was. I was. I kind of thought, you know, Cheryl. Cheryl was kind of joking when she said that they were actually making one. <laughs> she brought me out, or well, I met her out there at Forest Park, and there was already all these like plaques and and uh, you know a, a giant you know, softball sculpture in the middle of these, these plaques and, you know, going back, you know, oh, you yeah. know what several a, decades. What an amazing experience for you. So, Cheryl, when did this astonishing game start here? How was it born? 125 years ago, this Thanksgiving is the anniversary when there were uh, alumni from Yale and Harvard. They were at the uh, Fullerton Bolt um, uh, Club, and they were sitting around they were listening to the ticker tape and reading the ticker tape of the football game between the two schools. They got bored. They took a boxing glove. They wrapped it up. And they took a broom, and they started hitting it, and there it was born. I'll tell you something. It would really stun a lot of the people playing softball out there in the neighborhoods to know that this game was invented by some Yale and Harvard <laughs> You know, I always thought it was somebody having a beer. <laughs> <laughs> betting someone's head. <laughs> betting someone's head with a bottle. Uh, how is it played? I, you know, tell the listeners who don't know about it, and like wonderful Derek, how is it it's played like baseball, well, well, one basically? Of the, one of the things about it, because of uh, the city, and because of cost, it was it was always in a small area, and you didn't have gloves, which was made it cost effective. And so you have a small field. You, they played in armories back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, and then it eventually went outside. And it's, it's a regular looks like a baseball field, but it has a flat surface all the way through. You play with ten players because you have a short a center short fielder, and 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 the, the ball. It's not pitched. It's pretty much arced over the plate. It, it, it just is, is kind of tossed over there. Well, having played enough, some of the pitchers are like, it's Barishnikov-like. Yes. <laughs> yes. Their machinations. Jen, what was this like for you to explore this? It was really yeah. fun. I played 12-inch softball in high school and competitively. And then the, the 16-inch came along, and I really had to work on my arc. You know, I, I got a lot of flat <laughs> pitches called on me early on. So that 6- to 12-foot arc was, was a tough thing to learn, but I got the hang of it. And I have the damages on my hand from not yeah, having a glove. If you didn't, if you played it as much as we played it, you didn't have a glove, of course, and so your hands got all mangled up. But that's our battle scars. Yeah, oh, we're proud of those. <laughs> yes. Are you kidding? We're proud of those. You found out a lot about the ball itself, which I think a lot of people just take for granted. They go buy a new one, or a new one, or a bunch of new ones every spring. What'd you find out? Jim yeah, Brando? I was curious to know, like between the time it was a boxing glove wrapped in tape, and now that we have these clincher ba- balls, what happened? So I talked to John Parrish, who works with Rawlings. Uh, long story short, they're one of the groups that owns De Beers, which is where the original clincher softball was made. And um, we talked to him about how this ball was developed. He said it was developed in the 1930s. Here's a little bit more about how and why it came to be. Most of the clinchers was played on on small, hard surface fields back in the early days, primarily because of the, the lack of space. And um, that those rough fields would scuff the seams and the threads would break and then the cover would come off. Well, with the design of the clincher stitch, the seams were hidden which basically eliminated the opportunity for uh, seam breakage uh, with that design. And what's really cool, too, about this ball is that it's made, the inside is made with the stuff that you make life preservers out of. So that's what makes it so light. Derek mentioned it was really light. And the outside used to be made with horse hide, but now it's made with a synthetic um, leather. I got to tell you, this is a revelation. I know a lot about softball, but this is still a revelation. Uh, Jennifer Brandell 
and uh, Cheryl Ray Stout, former player. You're both former. No one's ever a former. It's no, like being a you're Marine. Always. You're never a former 16-inch <laughs> softball player, even though my leg kills me every morning when I wake up and I can't remember what caused that. I'd also like to thank Derek Stiles, who I sure hope is going to be out on a diamond in the springtime. Derek, yes? Yes, I hope so, too. Good. I can't wait to see you handle this ball and break your first and dislocate your first <laughs> finger. It'll be a joyful day for me. I mean that I mean that very, as fondly as I possibly can. Ladies, thank you so much. This is really my favorite time of the week. All right, well, that's it for this week's Curiosity Podcast. Thanks for listening. And to see video from a 16-inch softball game and to see more investigations, you can head on over to curiouscity.wbez.org. There you can also ask your own questions. And here's what some people have been wondering about lately. Do they still make the Crown Point wooden nickel? I've always wondered what is the difference between um, like the different types of corn varieties In our next episode, we'll tackle a listener's question into what this weird contraption is on the grounds of O'Hare Airport that looks kind of like an aviary and has a lot of birds inside. And we actually kind of refer to them as flying bullets. Oh, it's a flock of starlings. (laughs) Wow, that's uh, fortuitous. Let's go chase them. They're heading down that way. Thanks to Adam Pindel for producing the podcast, Sean Ali, our editor, and Logan Jaffe, our intern. And also, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And if you're feeling it, give us a rating. Thanks. Remain inquisitive. Curious City is produced by Jennifer Brandel, WBEZ, Ziga, and AIR, the Association for Independence in Radio. Lead financial support comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.